This is the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. A to Z podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Give us a like there if you haven't already. Shouts as always to Scene, to the Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks for helping to make this thing happen. Shouts to you guys for listening, for tweeting, for writing, for sending telegrams, for helping this thing grow. Um, <laughs> we get together, we talk sports, we talk life. Uh, it's an interesting time in sports. Uh, obviously, it's an interesting year um, in many regards. Where would you like to start, Andre? Um, shout out to Ian Wright, who purchased a uh, a, a purchased and went in. I know the Retro Connect Foundation had a hole in one shot, ten shot contest last week. Ian, who lives in Chicago, and I met him at the Bengals Browns game last year, has always been very good at donating his time and his money. Uh, he donated to get Zach Jackson to try to hit a pin shot. Uh, but somehow Zach didn't show up, and my wife's, my brother-in-law had to take the spot. So I just want to give a shout-out to Ian for uh, constantly being a part of this podcast, listening to this podcast, and constantly trying to help out the Rector Connect Foundation. There, we'll start there. So All i got to get into stuff um, that, I, that I will forget usually. So the baseball team in town, their season ended quickly. Um, the football team in town is quite clearly going to play to February. Um, <laughs> no, listen. Well, let's just start there. You don't have to apologize for who you beat for anything in the past. We don't know where this is going. Enjoy it, right? If you've been a loyal Browns fan, then darn it, enjoy the hell out of this, right? Um, and we will see where it goes. And in the NFL, two days is a long time. So two weeks or two months from now, we don't know where anyone, any team will be, right? We can guess on some. I think the Browns would be one of the more unpredictable teams, and obviously Nick Chubb is going to be a big loss. But they've developed an identity. The coach appears to know what he's doing. I mean, the defense just stinks beyond belief if, if, unless they throw to Denzel Ward's guy or unless Miles Ooh. makes a play. Um, Ooh, but, defense. Dre, like, there is a lot to like. And if you do look ahead, and I think you, you're allowed to at least peek, like there's enough bad teams on the schedule – like it's almost I'm not ready to declare this, but it is almost to the point where if something happens and they don't make the playoffs and break that streak stop, of eighteen years, stop, it's gonna be stop, disappointing. Stop, stop, stop. You're getting too far ahead of yourself. You're doing exactly you're doing exactly what you will go against other fans for doing later on. Let's go a month at a time. They had a great first month, the first quarter, for who they are, where they've been, and what they've gone through. They have done a tremendous job in making themselves a respectable uh, team, a fun team to watch. I think that means something. Um, I, I really do. In our weird world, I think when you're you're pleasant to the eyes, uh, especially for a fan base like this, it makes it. You make comments like that. I know where you're going with this, but the one thing we should have learned: the last time they had the record that they had. You were still a young whippersnapper, kind of skinny, and was making like eight dollars an hour to ride around <laughs> and try to figure out if Butch Davis was speaking English or not. Okay, right. that's true. That that's true. <laughs> but you, so, I did so not just, say I, that this is a team that can win championships. I did not no, say no, no, no. you didn't. The, no, you didn't. But I you, did not. You made that comment. Like, but you made that comment last year. Oh, this is a playoff roster. And no. I was like, Stop. Okay, it was. Stop. It was. The defense Stop. was better last it wasn't. year. No, it wasn't. It was, it was a get a coach fired roster. It was not a playoff roster. It was a playoff <laughs> roster. Listen. No, well, well, listen. No, yeah, All right. Yeah, yeah. I did not say where you're wrong. 
I'm not saying you're totally wrong, but where you're wrong is I did not say this team is going to win championships. I said you, you can't if this, it will be though. disappointing if this team cannot beat the likes of the Jets, the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Houston Texans in the back half of the year. Dre, the year is 2020, and Romeo Cornell is a head coach again in the NFL. There are so many bad teams, and 75% of them are on the Browns' schedule. I know. Don't you say that bad about Romeo. Okay, let me take a step back. Let me take a step back. Obviously, when you say those four teams, it is easy, easy to see four wins. I don't disagree. But let's stop using play. We got plenty of time. Well, what's the goal? But, no, but what's the goal if it's not to make the playoffs? To win as many games as you possibly can. And if the playoffs come along with that, that's beautiful. I know where you're going and what you want at that, but we can't do that yet here. We cannot get ahead of ourselves in any way, shape, or form. We still don't. And see, and I want to be positive on this podcast about the Browns. And I am going to be positive. You still can't tell me if your quarterback can win a shootout if he has to. No, and I can't tell you that the defense can cover anybody. But I can tell you you if they run the ball and they they get the hell out of their own way that they almost can't help but fall into the playoff. Playoffs? Hey, hey, stop with the playoff word. Dre, no, 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 no. All right, we're going to argue this. Because I like it. That's fine. For, for the extent of we've been doing this podcast, and if you've been listening for three years, six years, God bless you. We have been talking so about the Browns 15, like being the worst organization in all of sports on and off the field in many regards. We have talked about we have talked through the losingest stretch in the history of the NFL, a winless season, another one that should have been a winless season. A supposed resurrection. The Browns have warts. The Browns have major long term questions. It is a fact on October 6, 2020, that if this team messes up and doesn't make the playoffs, it's a disappointment. I, I beg to differ, but if that's how you write, hey, Cleveland Browns, you guys have just made a stride that is unbelievable. I just think, and all I'm saying to this, because I know I'm going to get the haters, and that's fine. I can deal with it. All I'm going to say is if you are a perennial playoff team and you don't go year in, year in and year out, and you don't know how to win, and you haven't been down the, the cycle of what it takes to win in December and what it takes when, you're play, when your roster is decimated by injuries and you don't have an organization that knows how to bounce back from that, I think you're getting way ahead of yourself. That's all I'm saying. I, yes, when I look at what they've done so far, and when, I, when you say those four teams you said, hell yeah, they should win nine games. But to me, we can't say that because here's the thing. I will stand by, and I think the most beautiful thing is Kevin Stefanski is an adult. They've made adult-like Barry. They've made adult-like decisions in having Hunt and signing into that contract that we both know um, because of what he's done off the field. It's a low-ball contract. You know, it's actually a great contract for what he's done off the field. What he's done on the field is a low-ball contract. That kid should be making. He should be a top five running. But he's a great running back. That's all I'm getting at. We don't know what's going to happen when complete distress hits because in a 16-game season, you will hit moments of distress. And if you don't deal with that distress well, it will, mess, it will show up on Sunday. I think okay. we both agree you're, you're on exactly that. Right. You're, you're exactly right. And before I said it, I mentioned two days, two weeks is a long damn time in this league, let alone two months. And two weeks from now, 13 days, 12 days, I don't know. I'm a public school kid from right now. (laughs) The Browns and Baker Mayfield are on trial on Heinz Field. 
and everything yeah. might be different then. But yeah. if you don't look at what's going on in the AFC and no, the bad. fact that this team, that whether or not last year was a playoff roster that couldn't get out of its own way and flat out embarrassed itself almost as much as the damn team that went 0-16 did time and time again, right? If you can't look and say, my gosh, if, if they just avoid the 15-yarders and run the ball, and, and, and you're right, that there are real questions about can they come from behind, can they cover anyone? But if you don't look and say, can this team be 9-7 and seven and sneak in on this schedule, then I, I, don't, I don't. we're not talking the same language. Well, here's the thing. Okay. Let me, all right, let's talk football. I'm going to talk football with you. They have what they've put out there on tape so far. It's pretty impressive because they've, they've found their identity and they're sticking to their identity, and I love that. And what you make me do is counter, counteract everything positive I wanted to say about them, but I'll do it. I believe in 2020, Zach, it is easier for me as a team, especially if I'm grade, double G, I turn down jobs every other week, Williams plenicate and get a defense together to stop a run game. Um, you know, whether it's putting another guy in the box. Um, now, look, they got enough weapons, they got enough other shit that they should be able to beat you. If you want to jam the box up and you want to be that stupid against them, they have the ability, it looks like from afar, to get rid to, to hurt that. But then that comes back to another part of the team. I guess what I'm saying is, it's, I love what I've seen, Zach. I love it. Um, I'm a big Kevin Stefanski fan. I didn't know that I was going to be. Um, I just love how – here, I'll give you an example of why I like what they're doing so much. And i got to compare it off the past. And I was thinking about this as I was doing research in the shower. Uh, as I knew we were getting ready to do this. Um, you know, we talked so much about remember, – remember what everybody fell in love with with Freddie Kitchens? And I even did a little bit. Not last year, but the, the previous year. We loved that we just saw shit offensively that we just haven't seen at Cleveland Brown Stadium or an orange helmets ever, you know, flea flickers and, and, and trick, trickery, right? And I'm talking about, well, we might come out, we might come out the wishbone next week. He had all that bravado and all that, 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 that talk, and then we got caught up in it because, well, we're hungry. And if you haven't eaten anything, um, you'll, take any, you'll take any little plate that you can get. Correct. That's what we got from Freddie Kitchens. We got and nothing Freddie but food analogies very, on this show in case you're new here. That's what we do, baby. That's what we do. We hungry. Two fat kids are accurate. Even when I'm losing weight, I'm hungry. Um, but – you know, so Freddie became like this technician of, of, of just, of, of just wacky plays, right? And they worked the first year under Greg Double G Williams. I, I don't need this job. I quit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get 15 yard penalties left and right. But then when he was the head coach, and his identity was of the desserts. I'll go off of Phil Savage, a uh, way that he used to talk to us. And the Browns' offense last year became the dessert tray. They wasn't like they didn't bring out any, any like you didn't get any appetizers. You ain't get no bread. You ain't you ain't get no you didn't get no meat. You just got fucking desserts. And, and like sometimes that's all right. You can do that once in a while, but you can't live off desserts. And the Browns' offense became that, and that's why guys stood in the huddle looking at each other, going, "What the fuck are we doing? What, what what's this? We ain't even practicing." Kevin Stefanski has flipped it. He has given this offensive identity that way. What's your three biggest plays probably in last week's game versus Dallas? They were all of some some trickery, right? You get the Odell, you get the Odell, you know, you get the yeah, the Jarvis. Two of them anyway, sure. Odell. Yeah. Well, 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 that's and, and I'm I'm gonna give you why why I love what Stefanski's doing. He understands the talent that he has. And he's understood so far, knock on wood, he understands that with Jarvis and Odell, they're gonna want the ball. That I mean, that's why they are who they are. But the way you take care of them 
as you and you supplement them, you give them the desserts that Freddie Kitchens fed them all, but you still make it out because I'm watching uh, the, the kid from Michigan, People People Jones or whatever, had great have great blocking on the 14 yard touchdown run. Uh, the receivers are blocking is my point is what I want to get at, but they're blocking because they know that there's a carrot at the end of this that they are going to get the ball and they're going to get their plays. So you're able to beat Dallas last week because two of the biggest plays were trickery. And the trickery worked because you established the dinner portion of the meal. Dallas is so caught up in them running off tackle. The zone blocking is great. Man, the blocking is unbelievable. What, what's that kid? What's the, the guards? I fell in love with just Wyatt. Wyatt Teller. Me my Wyatt dinner. Teller. Yeah. Wyatt Teller, my favorite Brown, man. Forget all that other shit. I'm buying me a jersey of his. He is knocking people off their ass. Like, this is fun football to watch. They have found the right lineman for this offense. He is dominating people. It's beautiful to watch. It's so fun to watch. My dad even laughed on Sunday and was like, shit, we can get 10 yards running this offense. They're running guys out there we ain't ever received before. It was beautiful. Now, Dallas' defense, they should be Alice. They shouldn't even have a D in their name. They're a joke, too. That's a whole other story. I guess what I'm getting at, Zach, is I love that they have a coach that understands having a little trickery, reverses, reverse passes, those things of that nature are nice to have but he's not living and dying upon them. And, you know, in the past, Freddie Kitchens was you, – you lived and died off those, that craziness. And, yeah, we used to say, well, that makes the other team, you know, practice against it. Well, when you got to practice against Wyatt Teller coming down and, and, and busting your ass or Joel Batonio coming off the ball and busting your ass, and suddenly you get so keyed up to stop that running game that your linebackers are peeking inside, your safeties are peeking inside, your corners are even peeking inside. Well, hell – you only got to throw the ball to Odell and Jarvis five, six times. And they're going to be wide open as long as you establish the other side. So I'm not against what you're saying. I'm very curious what happens now that Chubb is out before well, six weeks. You're, you're right. I'm and, curious. And Chubb is I'm a... curious because, yeah, I'm curious because Hunt didn't look like Hunt last week. You can tell he's dealing with something. Mm-hmm. Are they the same explosive offense? Without those two top five running backs, is my question. It's, what it's we're going, going to, to be a challenge out. for the coach, for the quarterback, yes. for all. Um, yes. You brought up an interesting point when you brought up Greg Williams. And in doing so, you kind of furthered what I'm trying to say, and that's this. The bar is so low around here, Dre, that people wanted Greg Williams as their head coach, the face of their franchise, right? True that. Which was not going to happen in a million fucking years, as I've been telling you people, right? Like, <laughs> the bar is so low. And, and, and some people that know a little bit about football have wanted that. I mean, you float around the Twitter sphere. The bar is so low. Dedicated fans, their rival's not the Steelers. It's not the Ravens. Their rival is still Tony Grossi. That's how bad things have been. It, it's so embarrassing, but it's out there. And then the, some, a member of the ownership group co- goes on Twitter and, and oh. goes after the media after they win one game in, in oh. first weekend of October. That's how bad it is. Oh. I, like I said, I am not calling Raj Lima and planning the parade. I am saying what I've seen from the Browns, what they play, and if they keep building, it will be disappointing if they don't ride this into the playoffs. And they might be 17-point underdogs in Arrowhead or in Baltimore. They might get beat by 32 say, by Baltimore again 10 weeks from now. I was just going to say, do you really want to see that? But, but listen, <laughs> but it leads me to my point. In two weeks at Pittsburgh, they might get beat by 14. And – what I think is true might come to light that day that the quarterback is probably just not good enough to ever get you where you really want to go, right? But both all yeah. those things could happen, Dre. 
and they could come out of there four and two. Like I mean, beautiful. it's about being one of the top seven teams. It's about finding a way to win. And like over the last six quarters, they've found a way to win. They played an awful third quarter against an awful Washington team. They came right back. Yeah. You know, they, they played two and a half completely yeah. dominant quarters against Dallas, which is awful defensively and outstanding offensively. They made the bigger play. Their stars were bigger than Dallas's stars. They made the plays. And look, it's not going to happen every week. Get your spreadsheets out on this regression and all that stuff. But the fact is, if you cause a turnover every week and you score off that turnover, you got a chance. I don't care who you're playing. And another thing we saw in last week's game, we're sitting in a game plan meeting right now. Right? And we're going over, does the other team yeah. blitz? Do they play zone? Where's their right. weak spot? Who do we got to double? What's our strength? What What do we do? Who's available? Who's not? Like, as we've seen for 20 games now, there's a reason you force the ball to Odell Beckham because he can do that. Right? Absolutely. You don't want to have to force it to him. You don't want him no. to drop it. You don't want the penalties. But, man, like, he's just a rare cat. And now, now in Special Nick Chubb, the Browns have lost one of their rare cats, one of the rarest cats in the league. And yeah, I agree right. that this is going to be difficult. And, frankly, I can't believe they're not favored this week, which tells me that people who really know hey, are not buying the Colts it. Play, the, the, Colts, the Colts are built on offensive and defensive line. They, the quarterback will make yeah. dumb throws still, even though he's old as us. The Colts are a good team. Please don't. I know they're boring. They're not as sexy as the Browns, but they play the game in the trenches. And this week, not to get ahead of ourselves, this week we're going to find out about that offensive line. Yeah. The, and, I love, like, and I think the Browns' offensive line is one of the best in the game. But it's going to get physical. This is going to be fun. And this is what I'm excited about. So maybe I think you and I are in the same place. I just fear the P word this early in the season, personally. I understand yeah, well, why you're saying There's a difference between P words. Sorry, Mom, you don't have to cover your ears. <laughs> Parade <laughs> and playoffs are two different P words. Yeah. Right? And, but, and see, to me, I would rather get and, – and look, a month from now – here, I'll, I'll say this. A month from now. Forget the record. If they're still playing the way that they're playing, you just put it out perfectly. They're not perfect four-quarter teams. They have shown us they haven't, they haven't put four good quarters together, and they may not. That's a sign of a young team. That's a sign of a team coming together. But if you can play three good quarters, a two and a, if, you can, if you can win the quarters, that matter. And they've done that in the last couple of weeks. And they've bounced back when, when adversity is hit. Like, I, I got to say this, and I heard somebody else say this, even as the Cowboys made that frantic comeback, I never for one minute thought the Browns were going to lose. I never thought that either, and that's progress. I'm glad you brought that up. I, that is huge progress. I would say maybe when Peoples-Jones lets the kickoff go in the most one of the most brain-dead plays uh-huh. in Browns history. Uh-huh. But I mean, he did, watching he the flow and taking that play away, went, I never thought they were right. going to lose. I completely agree with you. No, no. I mean, Peoples-Jones did go to the same high school or college as Braylon Edwards, and that's a low blow of Braylon <laughs> But it is what Time it is. That was a dumb fucking play. Time out. That was a dumb play. That was so stupid. Like all, all that, that we're missing is somebody asking Stefanski about it and him saying kids will be kids. They let the ball roll on the ground all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Rack alone. Rack is back. I'm gonna bring that up before we get out of here. Rack, man, Rack is like Sandy Alomar to me. I don't, I'm, I, I think too highly of them as people that I don't want them to be head coaches or managers because I don't like hearing sure. people talk bad about them. That's a whole other story, a whole other place. So, to me, if a month from now they're still playing quality football, Zach, I will entertain the P word. Give me another month. Give me four more games. 
of just playing quality football. You don't, and if you notice, I didn't say record. I didn't say win losses. I didn't say you have to beat Pittsburgh or you have to beat Indianapolis. None of that. Just give me competent football that still makes sense. Show me that when things go bad, because they're going to, that because there's going to be a game that they've complete like the Baltimore game happened. There's going to be another one. They're going to let you down against somebody because they're still young. They still don't have it all the way there. It's going to happen. And there's an elephant in the room, but I'm going to avoid the elephant in the room right now. Uh, we've kind of touched on it. But I don't even want to go back and forth with the, the six lovers. Stefanski's oh, we'll doing see. a great job. Stefanski's doing a great job, though, of not exposing offensively the things that may, could hold them back. I think the coach last year went out of his way to try to make six into a into an MVP when he right. wasn't ready to be one. Well, why did last year's coach get one. the job? Because they're dancing on the sideline, right? Like, right. Right. we got the throw against right. Carolina that launched 10,000 T-shirts, right? Like, he right. hasn't been the same right. guy since that day. He really hasn't. No. And I think it's – and it's nothing wrong with – and look, there's nothing wrong with what we're saying. You can win games with them. Sure. Um, there's going to be certain ways you're going to have to win with them. Uh, and it's okay to be – look, there's different classes of everything. Um, there's only some there, – there's only one Pat Mahomes. Let's say that for his before. All right, two. There's only one of him. Yeah. Um, there's only one kid in Baltimore. And then there's you – know, and then you have like a top five, six. You can win with the Kirk Cousins type quarterback. Can you win the big one with the Kirk Cousins type quarterback? You better have a better defense. No, but you can get to the playoffs. All right. You can get to the playoffs? Yeah. yeah. Two quick nuggets and then we'll we'll shift gears. Um, Two quick nuggets and I got to talk about the defense a little bit. All right. So talk to one professional talent evaluator. Um, Asked him specifically to watch the Browns offense when when he had a moment. And this was before last week's game. And obviously gushed about Stefanski and the running backs and said Kareem Hunt looks like a different guy. You know, teams over the course of the year just can't keep up with that because, you know, defenses are going to go through attrition and, and in the cold weather. And then obviously you lose Hunt. But, but what he said was he saw Baker missing simple throws that are designed into the offense that he thinks he will make. Simple four-yard okay. outs that he's supposed to see sure. that what that as sure, he sure. gets more comfortable will make them and they will flow. Then I talked to another guy who doesn't evaluate the this. NFL but let me, played. Let me, let, me, let me ask you this. Okay. Let me ask you this. Did you ask him when, when Baker was going to be comfortable in the pocket and step into a pocket? Well, he, he was worried about, about the mechanics and the eyes matching the feet and all that stuff. But he said, okay. Just, okay. He said the number one thing that stood out to him other than the ass-kicking running backs was just simple – tight ends on the back receivers running out to the backside right and stuff was there okay right. so then right. i talked to someone else who doesn't evaluate the nfl but played offensive line at a really high level coaches at a really high level high school and watches the browns on tv and he said i don't watch the film i don't know the schemes i don't know the assignments but i can tell you they jump off my tv and that they're kicking ass and when an offensive line is doing that that means they're kicking ass so yeah um, yeah you know. the offensive yeah, I totally agree with that. The offensive line has been phenomenal. It really, and that to me, that's what it's about, man. If you could, like, like I said, this week will be fun because they're going to go against a team that's built, that builds itself on, on having a great offensive line as well. And really, the beginning of the end for Freddie Kitchens came last year against the Colts in the practice, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I just think this is a good week. The only thing I'm saying about six is this. Yeah, he's got two games in a row without throwing an interception. That's great. 
Could have put the game away with a, a miss late in the game to Odell, and it was a bad miss. Can't miss those. Look, Garoppolo in San Francisco got his team to the Super Bowl, and in San Francisco, I know he's been hurt. They're down on him because he missed passes down the field in the Super Bowl. Now they're asking, can they win the big one? Right. Uh, you know, like, it's just how the job is. It's, it's how oh, but the it, job is graded. No, I'm not arguing anything you said, but but at 3-1, and one, the quarterback's not on trial. At 4-3, and three, he might be, right? Well, no, he's not on trial. No, you're right. But, nah. No, quarterbacks are always on trial. Yeah, they are. They are, coaches, but they aren't. But, but you're, you're mostly coaches, right. You're I know mostly you're right. Coaches, coaches are always on trial. Quarterbacks are always on trial. Yeah. Because here's, what, here's, the, here's the other thing that happens. Because of the things, the little things that I've noticed, and I'm not the genius in this, but like your scout friend said, anyone else will tell you, teams are going to give you certain things until six shows you can do them. Like this is the, whole, this is the fun part of the season is getting ready to start. Teams are going to start scheming up and saying, okay, when six rolls to the right, he's good at this. When six rolls to the left, he's good at this. When we let him stay in the pocket and have to step in the pocket, he's not good at that. When we, you know, he can't see over the middle, things of that nature. That's what all defenses are going to force you into, right? Like, that's what, that's what they're going to sure. say. They're going to go. Well, that, that's this league. Me. I mean, there's, there's two, the coaching is too good. The scouting is too good. The players are right. too good. Right? right? What did we say the other night? Everybody has good players. When you can get in a situation where you win a game because your great ones really stepped up, you, you feel great about it. Right? Right. Everybody's got little concerns. And everybody's got buttons they can press and things they're going to have to try and change as the season goes on. And I think you made a great point early in saying that that the coach might be saying something without saying it by using these trick plays to ignite the offense. But it works, it works. And by all rights, they still should be getting better in a lot of areas offensively. They've just lost Nick Chubb, who's the centerpiece of that offense. Yeah, which sucks. But all right, so in that, and, he, and you know what, you're, the, the first person you talked to is, is right on. Because of timing, because of just this whole offseason, because of how much live action you've seen, I'm not putting final grades on Baker Mayfield. There's just things he can be better at. But from, from the, the naked eye of watching the game, knowing the game, there's things he can be better at. His accuracy is still at times questionable. Doesn't have to be great, though, with the, with the, with the kids they've given him, man, because they've given him some guys to throw to. I guess, and, I, and this is me getting ahead of myself, so I'll, I'll pat myself on the hand and say stop, too. But if you want to bring up the T word, I got to bring up, they got to give him a contract at the end of the year, probably, too, one way or the other. So, yes, he is always on trial because money Well, matters. contract, though, he would have to totally <laughs> flop to not get the fifth year. That doesn't mean contract. contract. Well, that's, but that's what, okay, but that's what I'm getting at. What did I text you about the Cowboys? About my dad said the other day. By um, fucking around with Dak Prescott yeah. and not just paying his ass early on like they should have paid him. They should have made him a top six, top five paid quarterback, even though I didn't think he was one. And Jerry Jones obviously didn't. They fucked around. And now the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to pay Dak Prescott top two, top three money because of these ridiculous numbers they're putting up because they can't stop anybody. And they've got a terrible defense. They don't right. use Zeke the right way. Zeke's not even not even the same type running back anymore. And suddenly, whether the Dallas Cowboys do it or not, somebody's going to give Dak, Dak, uh, Dak way more money than he probably deserves because his numbers and his agent are going to tell you that he's worth it. Listen, Andrew Sandejo has taken a beating, and for good reason. Woo! He's been awful. I ain't saying nothing bad about it. But when yeah. he takes that ball away from Zeke the other day, it's, it's a smart play on his part, but that's an awful play by Zeke. He's got to protect that ball. That was Zeke being Absolutely. lazy, 100%. Absolutely. Zeke's not the same. Zeke, the explosive. Now, now, is it just the wear and tear on running backs? We've had conversations about this. And when you pay him and when you don't pay him. Look, anybody in Northeast Ohio and Ohio, we've watched a lot of Zeke Elliott. 
Zeke, when he when he's right, there ain't many like him. He's one of my favorite running backs I've watched in the last ten years. But what you said, I saw a running back that I don't want to say bored with the situation, but bored of the game plan, bored of his team getting down early, bored that yeah. they don't run him the ball. Like the and and then he makes that play. That was a terrible mistake at that point in the game that you can't have. That's back to back Cowboys games where they've had back to back possessions where they have these huge turnovers and they basically have lost the game because of them. So when I go back to it, sometimes you're right with with with, with Baker. Yeah, they'll give him this fifth year option, and that and that's you know I think that's a foregone conclusion. Um, but how you pay him going forward, how much you make him your centerpiece. That's always that's always right, one, get great. one, one quick thought here. I would stop a little bit short of foregone conclusion. I would say it's probably a foregone conclusion, and I would just say this: um, right before we hopped on here, I was working on a piece, first quarter report card for the Browns, grading every position, mm-hmm. including the coaching and the management. Right, and obviously, I've been critical since March about building this offense and abandoning the back seven of the defense. Right, Woo. however. I think they've done a lot of things right. I think they've made a lot of smart decisions now and into the future. And one thing they've done, Dre, is leave themselves tons of flexibility if they do need to get a quarterback. Things got to go your way. The right guy's got to be available, and you got to have full-on trust. But they have money-wise picks. They've been great. And and things they can move around, right? Like, they – They've done a great job of both building a core and building a talented roster and leaving that flexibility for a move to be out there six months from now, 12 months from now, 18 months from now. And I think as, we, as we're yeah. into the week to week here, whether we're talking playoffs or no playoffs, wins or losses, whether we're arguing pulling guards or backup safeties, right? I think that's important to not lose sight of that they've done a real good job of that and left some pretty big doors open. Zendejo, I'm not saying nothing bad about him because um, his play is doing that well enough for him. I'm not trying to be funny either. Like I'm, I'm not. Um, he's in over his head. He wasn't. He wasn't brought here to, to play 60 snaps. He really wasn't, um, and it shows. But I'm gonna say something to you, and I know I texted you this during the game. How in the world does Earl, Earl Thomas not have a job? Is he that much of a jerk? Well, safety play is so bad. Safety play is so bad in football right now. I mean, the Cowboys and the, and the Browns, there were, the, the safety play was so erratic in that game that I can't believe there are better safeties sitting around somewhere. Dustin Fox needs to get off his ass and stop trying to talk about the game. And he needs to run and get about 15 pounds off and try to go steal a check. Because, son, I'm telling you, I've never seen safety play so bad in the NFL in my life. Well, part of me wants to answer it by saying you answered your own question because the Cowboys are just flat-out embarrassing there and they haven't signed him, and that's where he wants to play. So, the yeah. rap on him must be so bad that it's just not going to happen. It's got to be, right? Yeah. Because It's my only explanation. Because it, it, you're right, because there's no way in the world, well, what I saw what I saw in that game, that one of those teams, that one of them teams should have drove somebody, Zendejo should have drove and picked up Earl after the game. <laughs> or, or somebody for the Cowboys. Because that shit was ridiculous, man. Okay, so let me ask you this. And th- this is something worth watching, and I... I, I Say the Browns win this week and lose in Pittsburgh because Ben throws three D points. The Browns are four and two. They have every right to make the playoffs. Did they get in the Earl Thomas business? Wow. Um, 
I mean, I'm all for getting the best player. I'm all for getting a player that you think that can help you win games. I would say yes, especially when you consider the P word is involved. If you think you can compete with the Steelers and the Ravens, you legitimately think you can, then yes, you have to at least bring him in on a Tuesday and work him out. Yeah, I mean, opinion. well, you, yeah, you have to sit and you have to sit and ask yourself like this. Um, I do want to talk a little baseball, Jerry, and I, I got like twelve minutes, so or I want to <laughs> let you talk a little baseball. But we, we've had really good, I think, argument and discussion here, right? And you have been right on a couple things that I'm usually saying. And I, I think I agree that partly by Stefanski and partly by circumstance that the quarterback has not been on trial. But in this league, I want to reaffirm what you said. The head coach and the quarterback are always on trial. And by what's going on in Houston shows that five straight years the Texans been in the playoffs – Bill O'Brien got full authority, full autonomy. Deshaun Watson, by anybody's ranking, is one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league and is worth every penny he's going to make and is in that category that might get another one on top of that. And they're winless and the coach got fired on a Monday afternoon. So it comes down to coach and quarterback. It's not just them. There's a million things that go into it. The line is really, really fine in a lot of areas in the NFL. But the yeah, head coach you know, and the quarterback are absolutely yeah. always on trial. Always. And, you know, in all honesty, and this, is, this drives me crazy about professional teams, that hiring and fire, like the Texans, they, they just they blew up their whole season already. When let's, be, let's, let's keep it real. A lot of people go to the, the uh, Hopkins trade as the final straw with Bill O'Brien. Losing the AFC Championship game the way they lost the AFC Championship game, the trade he made to get Tunsil. Uh, with Miami, the, the writing was on the wall way before going over mm-hmm. going for this week. Like it's a ridiculous what they're doing to their fans that they waited to do this now. You married him, and you married him to let him make all these decisions. You married him and allowed him to do all these things to, to, to say who you are. What's the point of firing him in October? You are who you are now, and you have no draft picks. You're going to put my man Romeo in a situation he can't win in. You've got a quarterback that has a chance to be a top-five quarterback, and you've taken his number-one weapon away from him. Uh, that's where I – that's ownership, man. That ain't Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien did what you allowed Bill O'Brien to do. And when they lost the AFC Championship game, and I know that there was a great relationship and he had won and things of that nature, but if you were willing to already fire him now, you should have fired him last year and rebooted the program already. So embarrassment on Houston, one less team. Uh, for Kansas City to have to worry about uh, when it comes to the AFC Championship, right? Yeah. And everybody instantly says Eric Bieniemy should take that job. And Lord knows I want Eric Bieniemy to have a job, and Lord knows he deserves it. But if you're Eric Bieniemy and you're working with Mahomes and you're working with what they got and that kid from LSU they got in the backfield now, would you want to would you want to coach and run a team in the AFC right now if there is an FC team that that may have the same type of talent that you might be able to coach next year? I say no. Yeah, um, it's going to be interesting. Um, listen, like Atlanta's going to have to start again, right? Um, yeah, right. Detroit. De- Detroit probably. Yeah. I mean, um, no, no, in Houston, Deshaun's not going anywhere. J.J. Watt's no, at the point no. of his career where he's not going anywhere, right? Um, yeah. But, like, in Atlanta. I hear what you're saying. You know. I don't know what Atlanta has, Zach. I don't know what Atlanta has. Well, Matt Ryan's still better than a lot of guys, isn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That coach should have been fired two years ago, too. Yeah, I think I would like to see Matt Ryan rejuvenated. Okay, I can go with you with there. They got Julio. I mean, um, listen, the much, Packers are playing Alex. like they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they drafted a guy to play the quarter, play quarterback next yeah, year. That was, yeah. This league, that's why this league is great. Because Rodgers looks like he's 26, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, the way he's throwing the ball around and the guys they have and the running backs they have. Now, Green Bay is always great at getting off to great starts, by the way, and then somehow getting bored with themselves and not being the same team in December. Well, um, that's the we, one thing you we, know. What I mean? Well, we, as we talked on last podcast, you know, Devontae Adams is out, but Rodgers in a quiet stadium is a freaking surgical killer, and he can no still doubt. throw, and he's playing with a chip oh, on yeah. his shoulder, and he's going to get Devontae back, and he's found a tight end for the first time in a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so, they're excited. Very excited. So All, right. Um, All right, let's, let's the talk. sport of baseball. Go You look at the Yankees lineup, Ooh. and it's like they don't play the same sport as the home team. Nah. Is that a fair observation? Um, hell yeah. I bought that last night watching them. I mean, that, and look, um, I, I, and I don't do this often, and I shouldn't have to. I'm very careful when I'm even going to talk about the baseball season. Sure. I'm glad we got in when we got in. Um, the Indians, they overachieved. In my, like, they overcame so much, but I never thought they had a legitimate chance to go far because they never legitimately were consistent in scoring runs. Um, and then, and this is part of it, and people can say what they want. Uh, you can just tell our guy, like the way our guys pitched, after the way they pitched all year, they pitched tight. They played tight. And there are a lot of young guys that had not been in playoff baseball um, and, you know, everybody reacts differently to it. But you can tell certain guys did not pitch or play the way that we saw them play during the 60 games of awkwardness that we just went through. The Yankees, as you said, they have paid – I mean, hell, last night, Monday, in their divisional game, their $600 million men won the game for them. Right? Mm-hmm. Like – Garrett Cole is going to make more money than the Indians will ever pay for a team in two years. Oh, for Same sure. Same with Stanton. So, Stanton hits a grand slam. They should have won last night. Shit. They got two guys that got $600 million in money coming to them. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're going to win every year. And it just shows you how hard it is and how difficult it is to compete um, financially. Because the Indians, look, the Indians, since Michael Brantley's left, they needed an everyday outfielder. Zach Meisel did a great job in the, in the um, athletic this week, breaking down all the center fielders the Indians have had over the last five years. Who's played right. there the most? It's a joke, but it's how they're constructed. What are you going to do? You know, it's funny. I was reading a story. I may have been reading my story um, about the Indians, and I and I get people, what they want the owners to, to sell, and they're cheap, and this, everybody's got their own way of thinking about it. And thank you to everybody that watches the game. The Indians were the most watched baseball team. Um in Major League Baseball again this year. We've been one of the top four or five watch broadcast uh, teams over the last four or five seasons, and that's appreciated. Um, the little part that I play in, I, it's very little. It's about the players. There's exciting players on the team. They win. Um, and I know that's the 90% of the reason why, 95% of the reason why people come. Um, but it's appreciated from our side, the guys that do the game. And then I, my mom sent me a, a story about Cleveland being the lowest like, it'd be like poverty being the highest, basically, in Cleveland, other big cities. I know that people don't want to put one and one together to realize it, but there ain't money in Northeast Ohio. 
and it shows up in that baseball team. And I fear what this pandemic is going to do to the roster. Um, and might as well put it well, and I'm glad I read this, read what he said before I said what I state when I'm a state. That roster is going to look so different in 2021. But the Indians have to find a way, and I think they will because I think if Santana's not there, Brad Hand's not there, that's $27 million off. Uh, if Frankie's not there, that's $20 million off. That's 47 Look, they're not going to have a $150 million payroll. I just hope that they build around the Cy Young Award winner. They got an entire pitching staff that should be able to compete and be one of the best pitching staffs in baseball going forward, um, which is kudos to Chris Antonetti and his team for, for even thinking ahead that far, that they're going to have a pitching staff that most teams will give their left leg for. But they're going to have to pay for some position players. Um, they got to pay for an outfielder or two. They, they, it's time because this is frustrating and hard to watch. Hopefully they can get some of that back in Frankie Lindor. Um, and I still want to do a, a, a podcast about Frankie. But, yeah, you just said it. Look at the Yankees lineup and look at the Indians lineup. You know, Zach wrote about the, the, the last out made by the Indians in the last four years, the players. And I don't want to give his whole article away because it's a good one. But it's like it was Michael really Martinez. good. He, he's always good, but it this was, was really good. Yes. Yes. It was Michael Martinez, Austin Jackson, Austin Hedges. I can't remember the fourth, but it don't matter. The point is, those are the guys making your last out of your season. And, and Austin Jackson, good dude. You know, great extra outfielder. He's no Frisman Jackson. But the other one, he ain't no Frisman. Uh, I don't know. Austin's pretty cool. Um, but it just kind of tells you about where the Indians are and what they're trying to accomplish. Well, and it's amazing that they, and it's amazing what they have accomplished, what they have. My, yeah. my very outside observation is that the one thing they do is develop pitchers. So you cannot do the full obituary, right? Right. Because right. it's just, like I said, I thought that last night, I mean, I watched the two games, but I watched the Yankees last night for at least most of it. And I thought this is like not the same sport. And maybe you'll never play the same sport based on the finances. No. And you the won't. Yankees would no. kill for every single arm the Indians have, right? Yeah. Um, yes, they would. Okay, so <laughs> let's get out of here on this thought. Is it a given? By the time the Browns win their ninth game, will Frankie be traded? I don't even know. If, you know what? The Browns, the Indians are, they, in my opinion, the Indians are in a conundrum of conundrums. They may not be able to get Frankie's work. Right, like the finances of are going to kill everybody, yeah. right? It's not just us. The finances are going to be killed. We don't, sure. like, look, you can't sit here right now and tell me that there are going to be fans in the seats that are going to make a difference. Like, the Indians, I'll say it now, like, Major League Baseball teams in Ohio had the possibility to have 6,000 fans in the seats towards the end of the year. They chose not to because it wouldn't have made any money. Like, you get 6,000 fans in the stadium, and to have all the workers come in and show up that would have to be there, it wouldn't. They would probably lose money doing that. Yeah. So how do you sit down financially and talk to? Let's throw a team out there. Why do you think they traded Mike Clevenger when they traded Mike Clevenger? It didn't have nothing to do with what was going on in Chicago. It was they knew how much he was going to be worth next year, and they know that they probably can't afford to have all of that. So yeah, I would say Frankie. If Frankie's traded, I don't think it happens till the calendar flops to 2021, and they have a better understanding of what financially. Um, baseball is going to look like and not just for them like if you're the texas rangers i'll use them as an example who traded for kluber last year it did work out i mean i don't even know what the rangers have in their farm system i'm just throwing the team out there how in the world can they say yeah we'll take frankie and paying 20 million dollars next year give away our farm and hope that we can resign and not know 
Are you going to have fans in the stands? Are you able to generate money again? Are your sponsors coming back? Where will you be able to no, bring money you're talking back? realities. You're talking realities right. there. Um, so I don't all know what, 30 a trade, teams, what a trade like. All 30 yes. teams have, have financial uncertainties, and you know the initial reaction will be to cut payroll rather than roll things over yeah. or spend. Yes. Hey, man, you got, you got the big money teams cutting all their scouts. Still, yeah. the Indians still have it. God bless them. But you have big money teams that are getting rid of – like the Chicago – I know one from the Chicago White Sox who remain nameless. I love this guy. He was he, – and the White Sox are a funny story because this scout was telling us three years ago, four years ago, we're not trying to win. I remember I think I told you that story where this scout basically told me, we're not trying to win. We got these two Cuban kids that when we get these Cuban kids ready, we're going to kick everybody's ass. That's exactly what the scout said. Well, what did the White Sox do? They lost on purpose. They've got these two Cuban kids who are going to be fun to watch. But now for them, in the city of Chicago, a city that generates money hand over foot, Jerry Reinsdorf has made so much money, Zach. Don't you think the Chicago White Sox would love to go into 2021 and just spin out of their ass and say, we're going to go win the World Series? Because they got the talent. They're close. And they don't even know if they can do it. That tells you all you need to know about where baseball's at right now. Yeah. No, um, you know, I think college and sports that, in many regards, and, and I'm not right. just talking about sorry. college basketball, which right. I love, which no. is supposed to start here in four weeks. College sports way, is at a crossroads, and I think baseball part. is at a huge, huge crossroads. And I don't think anybody has the answers, right? I, I, I mean, no. we'll just see. So. We'll hope. We'll hope. Because there's a lot of good people out there that, um, you know, that we, we, we're, hey, we're just in a, our normal is no longer. Well, no, nothing's no normal. normal. Like I said, Romeo's a head coach. And usually at the end of the Indians here, you take about two days. I don't hear from you. You don't come out of your basement. And the first thing you say <laughs> is, let's go on a Friday night and watch some football and drink some ice cold right. Miller Lights. And we can't even right. get to a damn game. So. Right, right. <laughs> and that pisses me off because that's exactly what I want to do. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm going to find my way into somebody's press box. Or I'm going to stand on somebody's sideline. I'm, I'm going to break the rules because that's what I do. You're right. I'm ready to go watch high school football right now. I'm, I'm about to go to JV and freshman games and just claim every kid is mine. There's got to be some, gotta be some good yellow-looking kids somewhere out there that's going to touchdown. <laughs> oh, I almost said something there, but I, then I'm not going to. So. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, maybe we'll do another one. Maybe we won't. I don't really know. Um, I, I got a big project I've been working on. Um, for right. I think next week that I'm excited for you guys to see. And obviously covering a team that's got a national profile and winning games is a lot different. And then you add on just the differences of this year and how you have to cover the team. Um, no guarantees, but we do thank you for listening, for tweeting, for reading, for helping as Ian, uh, or as Andre mentioned, our friend Ian out there in Chicago. So um, to all of you guys, thank you. To Scene, to Honeymoon Grill, to American Fireworks, always open at AmericanFireworks.com. Thank you. And we will talk to you next time on A to Z. Konnichiwa, baseball season.